0: Welcome to Step 1, Success Stories by Physio, Episode 3.
1: I think that helped, one, to know that you weren't miserable alone. Two, that you could reach out with questions and that they would be, you know, right around the same material to help you. And then three, it made us accountable. Like When I was so tired and felt like I couldn't get through more questions, I knew I had to and I had to focus because the next day was moving on and I had to stay up with the girls. You're listening to Step 1 Success Stories by Physio, the playbook of those who dominated the USMLE. If you want to learn how to excel on Step 1 and get into the residency of your choice, then you're in the right place. Stay tuned and join the thousands of others who have mastered Step 1 concepts using physio.com.
2: Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. Today we interview Marcus and Chelsea, who are both fourth year medical students at the University of Utah. And to help me with this interview, I'm here with my co-host, Rhett Thompson. How's it going, man?
0: It's going really good. How are you doing these days, Michael?
2: Oh, I'm doing fantastic. It's been nice lately. It's uh, warming up outside. So I've been taking Benton and Oliver on walks to the park and they love it. Every time we're inside now, Oliver just says, outside, 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 outside. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yes. As a parent, you just start to love the summertime. I love the summertime always, but you know, once you start getting toddlers like that, you get pretty excited to you know, have the outdoors to send them out and, and work out their little wheels.
2: Yeah. It's nice to, to go to the park and the slides aren't completely covered in water. So Oliver <laughs> can actually go down the slide without <laughs> soaking his entire backside.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. So let's introduce our guest. As Michael mentioned, Chelsea Frains and Marcus Frains are married, and they're both fourth-year med students here at the University of Utah. They both just matched into residency programs here at the U. Marcus matched into anesthesiology, and Chelsea matched into obgain. So Marcus actually did his first two years of medical school with me and Michael, and then Chelsea was a year behind us, and it's really interesting to be able to talk to them about their different experiences, just being one year different and seeing each even just minor changes in the school curriculum and and how that impacted them and, and what they did. So let's bring them on.
2: Thanks so much, guys, for uh, joining us on the show. We're super excited to have you here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe we could just kind of bounce b- between both of you guys. Uh, maybe uh, Marcus, you could start and then Chelsea, uh, we'll ask the same question for you. But Maybe before we get into too much detail, you guys could just tell us about what got you
3: interested in medicine in the first place. Yeah, sure. So I um, I did undergrad here in Utah at BYU, and uh, while I was doing undergrad, I actually, kind of growing up and everything, I always told everybody I wanted to be a dentist. <laughs> and when I was at BYU, I kind of started to doubt that, and really, I looked into a few different professions I kind of looked into business what that would be like teaching and even like therapy and like being a therapist of some kind and ultimately kind of came full circle back to dentistry and decided to do like a a little service trip abroad in Honduras and it was for a program called Smiles for Central America and you get the opportunity to work with both dentists and physicians. They kind of set up a, a clinic there. And then the youth that come in to get, they get physicals and their dental work. And so I got to translate for the physicians doing, doing physicals. And then at the same time I was a, being a dental assistant for the, for the dentists. And it was kind of in that process where I realized that I really liked the patient interaction of the physician and patient a little more than, than the dentist, just a little more personable and, you know, the back and forth conversation and stuff without hands in the mouth is a little bit easier. And so that ultimately kind of attracted me to medicine. And then I got home and took an anatomy course and was just realized all the awesome things there are to learn besides just being in the mouth. And I don't want to dog on dentistry or anything. I think it's great. But for me personally, it was those experiences. And then tried to get a job in in the healthcare field, just working at a hospital. It was there. I was kind of like, yeah, this is, this is where I want to be. This is going to work. And so kind of those three experiences were what led me to medicine.
2: That's awesome. Were you guys, uh, I I guess we should say before we get too far into this interview that you guys are married and you just did the couples match. So had you guys, had you guys met at this point in time? Were you married already or what was the situation like back then?
1: Yeah, I guess I'll kind of provide context because our relationship is important to my journey to medicine. For me, it was a little less complicated. I always wanted to be a physician. Like there was no questions about it leading into undergrad. And then we actually ended up meeting at BYU. I was his anatomy TA in cadaver labs. So it was a very romantic meeting. Um, <laughs> I remember like our first time we met, I was teaching him the GI tract, So it's really lovely. <laughs> and and then we had like biochemistry together and organic chemistry. And so that sparked other chemistry. And um, <laughs> wink, wink. yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> and the rest is kind of history. So we knew each other all like the latter half of our pre-med course in undergrad. And then we we ended up getting married after I had graduated. And then Marcus had one more semester left. And at that time, I kind of had this crisis moment of, do we want to do the double doctor thing? Should I just go and pursue my PhD? Should I maybe pursue PA school? And so I kind of had these weird crises. And I think when you're like an LDS woman, there's not very many of them who pursue medical school specifically. And I think a lot of factors contribute to that. But obviously one of my concerns was how we're going to balance, you know, we want a family at some point and with both of us pursuing medical school. So at that time, I kind of chose to maybe pursue PA school versus PhD. So I started just working in a hospital as a phlebotomist um, and a lab tech after I graduated. And then Marcus ended up being accepted to medical school, and it was. We thought we had applied everywhere for him where there was a corresponding PA or PhD program. And one of the first schools he ended up getting accepted to actually did not have any of those, it was only a med school campus. <laughs> and oh, wow. so at that time, I kind of had a crisis, and luckily, I have a good husband and family support who encouraged and said, you've always wanted to do medicine. You know, this is what you want. And so I then started studying and took the MCAT. Um, and then the rest is history, kind of.
0: <laughs> awesome. So yeah, so that that's a really interesting situation. So Marcus, uh, you started med school in 2014, right? Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, okay. with you two gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right, with, with with me and Michael. And then <laughs> I actually remember at the tail end of our first year actually the first half of our first year uh you and i marcus were meeting with uh one of the ent residents discussing research and i remember you casually mentioning your wife and how she could handle some of the or she is like skilled in in some aspect of the research that that we were doing like tables or i don't remember what it was but you mentioned her i was like oh interesting and then later like the last <laughs> half of the year you're like hey, my wife's. Uh, she just got accepted to, to the U and she's, yeah. she's coming here next year. I'm like, what? That's so cool. So Marcus, while you were doing, just to make sure that our listener understands the timeline. So while you were doing your MBA program, you had a year between third and fourth year, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. then during that time would have been while Chelsea was in her second year. Is that correct? Third year. Third year. You were so we ended up doing year the fourth point. year together. Yep. So then fourth year, okay, gotcha. Yep, that makes sense. So Chelsea, you and Marcus had different experiences during the preclinical years because you weren't in the same class and me and Michael understand it. And Marcus also remembers this, that attendance was mandatory for (laughs) us. And and for you, you didn't have mandatory attendance during your second and arguably more important year.
1: Right. Yeah. Just our first year was mandatory.
0: Yeah. Okay. So can you shed some light on on your experience and and kind of how the experiences between, you know, your second year versus Marcus's second year and kind of what you observed?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I know you guys fought hard to remove mandatory attendance and we did too our first year. And so I still remember when we got that email in the summer in between first and second year that they had removed it for our second year. It was like the most joyous thing. (laughs) And uh,
3: (laughs) there was much rejoicing. There
1: was much rejoicing. Yes. Amongst everyone. (laughs) Um, And I think that the difference was so second year, obviously, the number one thing the classwork picks up. You start really getting into more medicine and clinical study in second year, I feel like compared to first. And then also obviously step one, that big board exam, your first medical school board exam you take at the end of second year is looming on everyone's mind. So second year just feels more, it feels harder and more pressure. And it feels more of like a mental game, I think, compared to first year. And so not having attendance was amazing because I think after your first year of medical school, you've kind of figured out at least a baseline of how do you approach the load of the coursework, how you study best, like which resources you enjoy most. And so it was nice at that point to just go to the classes that were helpful or go to the lecturers that you felt you learned from or go to the case based learning, which is the group learning with your peers, which is always fun. But then Try and really study how you know is best and not have to have, you know, four hours of your day just spent in a classroom if that's not how you learn. So for me, I, and I'm sorry, you of you medicine, but I really didn't (laughs) go much my second year. I went to all the mandatory things, but otherwise just studied at home because I, and I've always been a classroom learner. So that really surprised me. But I learned that I do much better on my own. And then I would listen to the lectures at double speed. And just kind of go my own pace. And so I feel really lucky. And Marcus always kind of jabs that at me because he doesn't feel so lucky.
3: Yeah, the contrast <sighs> was just so interesting, like having gone through that experience yeah. with mandatory attendance. And it got to the point I, I liked attendance in the sense that I knew all my classmates well. And I appreciate that part of it, I guess. Like, I think we probably know each other better than a lot of other classes Mm -hmm. but apart from that you know you do go to medical school to make friends but that's obviously not the primary purpose (laughs) and I felt like my learning style was kind of held hostage in that I was trapped in these lectures where I couldn't really listen because I I was used to you know going home and listening at double speed and so I was I felt kind of trapped being in there where I wasn't really paying attention to the class, but then I couldn't really focus on trying to do something else during class. So it ended up being like this waste of four hours, which was pretty depressing looking back on when I was like (laughs) trying to study, you know, I was, I was doing everything like double. And it was just really frustrating, I think.
1: Yeah. And I think some people loved going to class and loved learning that way. And that worked for them. But I think for both of us, we found, we did really well in the group learning sessions that were still mandatory. And that was always helpful and fun to see your classmates. But the majority of us, I think, found our own ways to study the material at home. And then also at that time, you're trying to learn the school's coursework they put before you, but then also try and kind of begin maybe preparing like preparing yourself for the step exam coming up. So I think it was just easier to do that without the attendance. You could kind of prioritize your learning
3: and there's also like this this difference in you know what they're presenting in class and then like what's in first aid sometimes and yeah. more more often than not you know you get a lot more detail in class and so i was kind of i felt bombarded by the details of the lectures i was getting and so not familiarizing myself as much with first aid and that really influenced my step study ultimately too because I wasn't as familiar with first aid when I got to it and I wish I could have done that more on my own time going throughout the the time prior to step so mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah that's really interesting uh, i was just going to say that i guess for for those of for those listening who are already in medical school it's perhaps too late to kind of influence whether or not you're at a school that has mandatory attendance or not. But if you're a pre-med, then, you know, certainly take a look at that because it, mm-hmm. uh, I, I do feel like it is, it is significant and can certainly influence your experience during the first years of medical school. And, you know, ultimately your, your step one score. And yeah. it, I th- I think that is a very intricate balance during the first and second years, you know, trying to, you know, like you say, Focus on two things you're really focused on trying to learn everything that they're presenting and do well on your tests for for school, but mm-hmm. then simultaneously, you just feel this weight of you know, oh crap, I gotta study for step one, and am I learning the same things, or am I learning things that are different, or is it too much detail or too little detail so it's a very intricate balance, and i'm I'm curious how you guys handled that,
1: yeah, I think for me uh we i got really lucky so in first year i kind of found my good little study group and i think study groups in med school i've always been like a good solo studier but in med school i needed a really good group to kind of help me through cuz it's just so much and sometimes you see things in different ways and that ends up being critical for reasoning and the test so i found three girls and the four of us study together every week for the tests and they are like the key to everything good that happened to me in med school. And so what we would do is we would kind of divvy up the coursework of the course curriculum within the school. And so we would divvy up the lectures and divide them by four. And each of us would take really good notes on 25% of the lectures. And so that way we could kind of speed through the rest of them. And by doing that second year we would still have a good comprehensive review of the course material that our school wanted us to learn. So we could all still do well on the exams and have a good academic standing within our class. But at the same time, because we only had to really take really thorough notes on 25% of the lectures and just listen to the other 75, that rest of the time was freed up for us to begin studying for boards earlier. And so I think we found that Perfect system, and I trusted the three of them completely. So I knew the notes that they took on their assigned lectures would be rock solid and have all the material. So we kind of had a had a unique approach to how we attacked the curriculum, and it ended up working out really, really well. But that was kind of our different approach. And Marcus was always very jealous of our <laughs> outlines.
3: <laughs> Chelsea's is she's very efficient, and even at undergrad, we just when we were friends before we started dating, I always wanted to date her, but she had a boyfriend. (laughs) And so when we were study buddy friends, we always just really meshed in how we studied. And so that was it was kind of a bummer to see that process and you know like I couldn't be a part of it, you know, at that point. It was like she had to go through it and I had already done it. And for me, I was not as organized (laughs) or as efficient. (laughs) I was kind of trying to keep up a lot of the time, I think. And part of that I attribute to having a non-science undergraduate and feeling like even once I got in med school, I I kind of realized this learning curve that was going to happen having come from a non-science background now trying to basically learn the science of or the language of science, and so I think that was kind of a struggle for me going through. And honestly, in the first two years, I, I would I would say that I really felt like I was playing catch up most of the time. And whereas Chelsea kind of maintained like this healthy, almost like you were you were a little bit ahead, yeah. Throughout,
1: well, it was almost kind of not fair because Marcus would go experience <coughs> it and learn. Like these are the best resources. This was what's hard this is what I wish I would have done. And then we would do that. So we kind of had, we kind of had a leg up.
3: Right. (laughs) Chelsea would have just been like a much better personality (laughs) to pave the way than I was. But yeah, he's um, earning major brownie points right now. You live and you learn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then one of my really good friends, her boyfriend is in the class below her. So it's our situation, but opposite. And so we Marcus paved the path and then we kind of groomed the path and then he's just been coasting through (laughs) so you know it kind of gets better as you go but I think the key is like you have to find a system that works for you and try and create an efficient way to attack a mountain of material that just keeps growing
3: and that's hard to say you know what works for everybody for sure and it's really different for everybody Chelsea learned really quickly what worked for her it took a really long, long time for me, like for the first like year and a half of med school, I was like handwriting outlines from the lectures and that just was like crazy taking so much time <laughs> trying to like learn every detail of what they were presenting. Just I, I was really someone who got caught up in the, the detail of what I was being taught in lecture. And so when it came time for a broader step, study that was that was a little harder I kept hearing though from upperclassmen and things like if you just focus on classwork then you know you'll be you know prepared for step regarding that subject and I don't know if I agree with that but that was you know what I ultimately ended up doing and I would I would do things differently now but
0: I yeah I,
3: I was I survived. <laughs> Can you talk about that a little bit more Marcus? Like why do you say you're not you're not sure if you agree with that? Just because of the amount of detail and it's kind of hard when you're in it for me anyway, like science, I was still getting used to science even, you know, during second year. And so it was just kind of overwhelming for me and just trying to keep up was plenty. It was like plenty of work that I already had to do. And so incorporating in first aid or, or other things like that just seemed like too much. Okay. But once I kind of, during the second half of, of second year, I kind of was learning from Chelsea at that point about how she was doing her, organizing her outlines electronically and stuff. And
1: yeah, so once you kind I of adapted started our system.
3: kind of doing that, it, freed up a lot more time for me to be able to do a couple U World questions or do a little more in first aid. So it's
2: really interesting.
1: Yeah. And I think this is also something to think about, I think for a pre-med student versus someone in other medical schools, you know, some schools, first two years curriculum are very geared towards step one, towards that big board exam. And others' curriculum is more geared towards providing a solid like general medical foundation and more emphasis on clinical medicine. And I think the use, at least for us, our first two years was very solid in creating a general foundation and always focusing on clinical medicine. So I think we are very well prepared for third year. And so I think each med school has its own strength. I think our strength is clinical correlation, which is ultimately what matters and you're grateful for it. But I also think, you know, maybe a little less for dedicated, very specific board preparation during the first two years. And I don't know which way is better. I think there's pros and cons to both. And so I think for us, we had to realize, you know, you have to do the coursework to learn the medicine and really try and work and learn from these amazing professors and mentors that we have available to us. And then also trying to be aware of like, okay, maybe we're not covering this, but this is in my first aid, the prep book for step one. So I need to kind of try to start filling these gaps. So it's kind of like walking this fine line versus if your school only prepares you for just board and is only board geared for your first two years, then maybe you're missing some good clinical medicine pearls that you're going to need to know. So, you know, I think there's pros and cons to both ways. Ultimately we've loved our process and but yeah, I think the first two years is this—it's walking a balance rope. You have to try and juggle all these things, and I don't think there's one right way to do it. You just have to be honest at what works for you.
0: Sure. Yeah, and and Chelsea, it sounds like you were able to quickly evaluate. You know, this—the curriculum is going to really gear me towards clinical stuff and not necessarily give me the intense focus on step one that I'm going to need. So it sounds like you found an adaptation or you know adjusted the way you did things so that you could get the best of both worlds or, or augment your study in a way that, that helped you really reach, uh, you know, your step goals. So what I'm, what I want to know is, is what were your specific, like, when did you get focused on step one? Like, when did you start trying to incorporate, um, study plans and what were those study plans during your coursework?
1: Yeah, I think This is a, I work as a tutor now, and this is the thing I'm always talking to students. Like, you can't go crazy. You have, I'm like constantly working on trying to calm down these first years that you can't start studying (laughs) for step one yet. It's okay. For me, when I, when we started was maybe about kind of December, end of November or December, and you usually take step in May. So kind of end of the fall of the, just the year before we took step, we started incorporating step studying and that for us, what we included was making sure that we were always referencing first aid for all of the material we were learning in class so that we could really make sure we were solid in everything that was in first aid, even if it was not taught in class, that we started filling those gaps for those particular subjects. And then also, I think it we used first aid almost as like this guide that if our classwork started really going into details that weren't in first aid, that this was kind of extra our unique school of medicine fluff and frosting, and that we should learn it at a basic level for our tests, but not stress about knowing all the little details because ultimately that's not going to be on our board exam. And so we kind of started playing that balance a little bit. And then Starting in dis- in January, we started doing. We've opened and started our U World, which is the big question bank that's kind of you know that known to be the best preparation for these step exams. So we started doing UWorld in January and just started doing twenty questions a day. So that by the time we started uh, our dedicated step study, we had already reviewed all of the material we had covered in first year and kind of started bringing that back. And then also re reviewed the material we had learned in the beginning of our second year. So by the time our dedicated study came around, we were about 60% done with UWorld and then we're able to get through it all and then some during our dedicated. So we kind of hit it hard. By the end of dedicated, I was like a zombie and soulless, (laughs) it felt like. but uh,
3: (laughs) Chelsea took all these like selfies process (laughs) I in did. the process <laughs> just to like remind herself of the yeah. process
1: <laughs> on my <laughs> funny on really. my macbook and like that photo booth thing there is this chronological order of selfies and you can tell when <laughs> i'm in dedicated because i just look like death or i'm literally crying in some of them <laughs> oh, <that's> so, <laughs> and, awesome. uh, so it i mean it's hard i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sugarcoat it like it's a very difficult process and it was mentally challenging, emotionally challenging, physically challenging, like all the things, and it paid off and i feel like my system has worked well and i've been able to share that with other students that it's worked well for, but no, it was hard. i think the people who are like, yes, i got this score and it was beautiful and it just came natural, i think either they're one of those rare geniuses in the world or they're lying because <laughs> it's it takes a lot of work and i'm not one of those people that's like naturally smart. You know, i have to work really, really hard and so Yeah, I have that horrible selfie order. It's very true.
2: (laughs) Sounds like a good strategy. So just to be clear, it sounds like for the first year and a half of medical school, Chelsea, you were mostly just using the outlines and trying to be Mm -hmm. efficient as possible and really Mm -hmm. focusing on the coursework. Is that right?
1: Exactly. Cause I think preparing for step at that point is too early. You're not going to be able to remember. And then also you don't even have the baseline of general medical knowledge yet to really begin studying. Like yeah, you're trying to,
3: doing a question in New world at that point is like overwhelming.
1: Completely. You don't have the knowledge you need or the like foundation you need to understand how the, all the systems interplay. You're still trying to understand. You're taking a You know science and now trying to understand it within the context of medicine and human bodies and clinical correlation and pathology and pharmacology and all these things. And so I think trying to begin studying for boards anytime in first year is just not realistic. And I don't think it's useful and it's just going to stress you out. And you should, I think at that point, much more focus on how you study, what works best for you and developing your own system of being efficient and having good time management while also finding time to be a person and do things that make you happy. I think that's the balance that you have to try and achieve first year. And then I think second year, the coursework picks up and you're starting to learn more clinical correlation, more true medicine in the beginning of second year. And so that first kind of couple months of second year, we didn't feel like we could start studying for boards because we were trying to then readjust our study scheme that we felt like we had perfected in first year and then realized, okay, now in second year with this new course kind of shift, we have to make some changes and adapt a little bit. So the first three to four months of second year, we spent doing that, kind of re-perfecting our system and finding a way that worked for us. And then once we felt we had done that and were efficient again, and also had now a good foundation of medicine... Then we started incorporating World and in board study because at that point it started making more sense and I could see the connections and I was trying, I was building all these connections within my brain, if that makes sense. I had the framework to do it at that point.
2: Totally. Yeah, I think that's really great advice. Ah, Chelsea, you should have been there during my first year. I wish I could have gone back now. I know, right? (laughs) That's what I'm
1: talking about. (laughs) Well, again, I kind of watched your class go through it and had all of your friends give me tips that I really took to heart.
3: We got to, like, we could put out a lot of fires for her, you know, just issues that come up in first year where you're like, do I need to worry? And,
1: Mm -hmm. you
3: know, those were quickly resolved for her so she could.
1: Right. I knew the meat that mattered the most. I knew the resources your class found the most helpful. And so I, I definitely, I mean, I had to let it up. I had a good perspective into what was coming. I had a good reality check that second year picks up. And so I was ready for it. And going in, I knew the resources that you all found most helpful. So... You know, I was like ahead of the starting point, which wasn't and exactly fair.
3: I had tried out a lot of resources at that point, yeah, and um, had ruled out.
1: We <laughs> spent all that loan money. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let, let's let's
2: talk about that a little bit more. So maybe you yeah, could tell us was, about the
3: resources you used, Marcus, and then the yeah, resources. That is that a, it is a frustrating process because you'll start using a resource and then you'll hear your classmates talking about some new thing that is better or. You know, mm-hmm. more hip and with it,
1: right, and <laughs> uh, more expensive.
3: And yeah. so, just for example, like I start, I did Picmonic during our host and defense course, um,
1: which is in and, first year,
3: and I liked it at the time. There wasn't a lot else. I think Sketchy had just kind of come on the scene, or mm. I don't know. But I was using Picmonic and it was it was fine. I felt like it was working. And then when I got to, so that was almost a whole year before dedicated study. So we have our host and defense at the end of first year. And then a year later, you know, when I'm getting ready to study for step, I'm just hearing about sketchy all the time (laughs) and how useful it is. And so I like, I jumped on there and tried it out. And I was like, Oh, shoot, this is way better for me for my style of learning. I really liked the story that was incorporated versus kind of, you know, learning it by words and pictures and so i like abandoned picmonic Mm -hmm. to like way too late in the game at that point probably (laughs) and started doing sketchy like a month or a couple months before my dedicated study Mm -hmm. which gave me enough time to do
1: it was most of the bugs and yeah yeah
3: i did all the bugs Mm
1: -hmm. and
3: Mm -hmm. viruses and parasites and stuff but no like no drugs or anything at that point it was Mm -hmm. too late so that's like one example. I tried. What was the resource, Michael? That you used a little bit in first day, a lot in, in first year. Yeah, uh firecracker. Yeah, firecracker. So,
2: yeah, I I uh, <laughs> I started that probably halfway through my first year, and was really committed to it for probably about a year. Yeah, you did. You committed. But then towards the end, I was like, you know, this probably <laughs> isn't as good as I as like. <laughs> I think it is just for me personally, you know, it's just a lot of like flashcards and memorization. And after like a year of doing it, it just becomes super overwhelming, in
3: my opinion, for me personally. And that's kind of how I felt. But I didn't do it as long as you and I wasn't as committed as you. But I would do it a little bit. And I'd be like, Oh, it's kind of helpful. It's kind of helpful. You know, but at what point are you just wasting your time doing a ton of different resources? And I think it's It's just more beneficial to commit. And some of the pillars, you know, for me ended up being pathoma. And I would say first aid, but I have to admit that in my dedicated study, I didn't use first aid, (laughs) which I guess I'm a little ashamed to say. But I did DIT and I just I didn't have the booklet for DIT. And so I would make my own flashcards from DIT as I listened. And I did not have time at the end of the day to look at first aid or anything yeah. else besides that. And so I did DIT and Pathoma and Sketchy basically. And, and did, U World, did you of use, course. Okay, U World. Did you were you able to complete yeah. U World, Marcus? Yeah, I finished mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I had much else to say. It's just it's so tempting to look into all these different resources. And I think luckily a lot of them have, you know, one free month trial or something that you should you know, maybe it's worth it to try them out and see what works quickly. Like, but I would say you got to figure that out, you know, as soon as possible, and then really commit to your resources because you can waste, I wasted a lot of time in medical school trying to figure out which resources.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a juggling game. We got lucky in that by our first year, Sketchy it was coming out. And Sketchy is this amazing picture memory-based tool where they create these sketches. And when you can close your eyes and picture those sketches, it tells you everything you need to know about a specific bug or a specific drug. And it's just magical. And so that was coming out. So by the time we were done with first year, where we do our microbiology and all that kind of course work, we had used Sketchy. And so we had done all of the bugs and all the antibiotic and antiviral and antiparasitic drugs via Sketchy. So we felt solid with that. And then we continued with Sketchy all throughout our second year with for all the drugs. And that was amazing. A lot of weight within step one comes from bugs and drugs. And so Sketchy pretty much takes care of those for you. If you do Sketchy and you commit it all to memory, you're going to be okay for step one. So my main resources for step study were reviewing Sketchy at that point. We had gone through all of the bugs and drugs And so it was just reviewing. We reviewed 10 a day. So five drugs and five bugs. So by the time we ended up taking boards, I don't know, I had been through that sketchy program probably about 20 times. And so that helped. And then sketchy path started coming out around that time. And I tried a few of them, but they're just very long and labor intensive that I felt at that point, it wasn't worth my time. I did not have the time to commit to learning all those videos. So I used Sketchy Path for a couple of the path kind of concepts I knew I struggled with, but I didn't really use it much more than that. But I know a lot of the first and second years I'm tutoring now they use it and because they have the time, they found it really helpful. But my pillars were Sketchy Micro and Sketchy Path, which we or dr- Sketchy Farm, excuse me, which we reviewed every day. U World, we did. So we had already done about 20 a day leading up to Dedicated. And then in Dedicated, we did 80 UWorld questions a day. And then I did Pathoma. Pathoma was amazing. I think it's a really good resource for Path. And so because I had that, I didn't feel like I needed sketchy Path as much. And so we made sure that we had done all of the Pathoma videos and read through the book and made good annotations in the book. By dedicated. So we had gone through all of pathoma by that time. And then once we entered dedicated, we're just reviewing at that point. So we had a certain amount of videos of pathoma we would review every day of dedicated. And then all the while throughout second year, I used my first aid, like I said, like my guide and kind of my Bible. So by the time we got to dedicated, my first aid was kind of marked up everywhere. And I had written in my sketchy notes in there and I had written in the pathoma correlates in my first aid. So my first aid was like destroyed. And even though I don't need it, I can't get rid of it. I just like, I love it so much because all of my thoughts are in there. <laughs> so I still hold on to my first aid now. And so those were our big things. And then I also did DIT, and that's the doctors in training big program. I found it really helpful. I know nowadays there's a boards and beyond program that's out. And I would say, all the students I'm tutoring are using boards and beyond as opposed to DIT nowadays, but I haven't used it. So I can't really speak to it.
3: And given our experience, like I Chelsea didn't have to use a lot of the resources that I had already tried because
1: you we kind of learn yeah. similarly. Yeah. And
3: so it might be worth finding a second year, someone you Definitely. know more along in the process that learns similar to you or. You know, that you kind of emulate that That you could ask them what yeah. they used and, you know, rule out some resources at right. that point.
1: Right. And I think the key thing I found, I am now tutoring lots of people just solely to, for step one purposes. And I think the key to success I've found amidst lots of different students is, is you can't approach dedicated time and preparing for boards kind of like willy nilly of you wake up each day and then you just kind of guide your day and study what you will and just kind of go with the flow and do what you want each day. I think you need a very like lined out specific plan so that each day when you wake up, you have a list of what you have to get through that day. And then you have to do it. And that way you can kind of relax in the sense of you've spent the time preparing a plan prior to beginning your dedicated time so that you know that you're going to cover all of the material. So I met with two students yesterday and we planned out their day by day step study where we created a calendar of each subject they're going to do each day, how many questions they need to do each day, how many boards and beyond videos they need to do each day, how many pathomas and sketches they need to do each day. So that way they know that during their dedicated, they're going to get through every subject they need to. And then also making sure at the end of dedicated, we leave four days for review for what they feel is their weakest. And so I think that's the key to success is using the first two years to find what works for you, not changing it based on what your classmates say, just ignoring them and then planning, like having a very structured plan going into dedicated.
0: Yeah, that that sounds like really important. And I remember making a plan as well. And one of the things that I struggled with during dedicated is is planning on too much, like wanting to spread myself too thin. And with your personal experience and your experience as a tutor helping students create these study plans, is is there any advice you'd give to our listeners regarding setting up a plan that is reasonable and achievable each day so things don't just like pile up and go on to the next day and get to the point where it's like a totally overwhelming and unachievable goal?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And each plan I've like helped create has looked very different student by student because I always ask them, like, is this a realistic thing for you to do every day? And so you have to be honest with yourself. Me and my friends, we created a plan, but even within our group of four, it fluctuated because some of us could plow through more than others in a day. And so you have to be honest with yourself. So I would say what we try and do is be really mindful of, how long each video is going to take. Like when you assign a particular subject for a day, you really have to look at the amount of time of resources you want to get through and then be realistic of like, do I need two days for this subject? Do I need three days? Do I need two and a half days for this subject? And I think like there's nothing wrong with being honest with yourself and recognizing you might need more times with others, you know, and I think also knowing, be honest with your strengths. Like, which subjects are your strengths, and know that you can take less days for those versus like,
3: yeah, resist the temptation to spend more time on your strengths. Yeah,
1: like you get through the material for your strengths and enjoy those days as more of a lighter day, but make sure you spend hard days. So, I knew, like, for me, immunology, cell biology, and biochemistry with all the metabolism stuff, and then EBM and statistics, those were my weakest by far. I knew that going in. And that stayed true all throughout, and so I gave myself a lot more time on those days than my friends did because they were much more solid and so I think it's okay to be honest with yourself and then also recognize like you can do anything for five weeks, you can plow through really hard study days for five weeks, but you have to you know take time for yourself so we studied i we studied eleven hours a day every day like that was what our schedule accommodated for was eleven hours of work. And that was torturous by the end, but I could do it versus one of my friends did nine hours because more than that, it just like, wasn't, it wasn't worth the time, you know, that was spent. And then I always, so always made sure I spent an hour to go to the gym or go on a walk with my dogs or be with my husband and like be a normal human. So I always make the students block out at least an hour and a half each day to do things that actually make them happy. And I think that's really important and it's okay to do those things.
0: <laughs> that's awesome and very good advice. I think a lot of uh, stressed out students are listening to what you're saying, Chelsea. And, and I think that's, that's really helpful, a really helpful reminder. So Chelsea, you mentioned several times throughout what you're talking about, um, your study plans and everything that you say, we, you know, it sounds like I'm assuming that you're referring to like your study group. Is that right? Yes.
1: Yes. My ride or die girls who are amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See that's so cool because it sounds like they were an integral part of your success and, and your studies through the first two years up through step one for
1: sure. we got really lucky. We were all in line together at the white coat ceremony because all of our names are in the end of the alphabet and we all just got talking and then met that first Sunday and did a study group and then met every Sunday after that and studied together and so we all stuck together through all of it in our dedicated study time we made sure we were studying the same subjects each day and so we had a running group text throughout the day where we could ask each other questions and we knew the other one could answer it because we were all studying the same material that day and i i think that helped one to know that you weren't miserable alone to that you could reach out with questions and that they would be you know right around the same material to help you and then three it made us accountable Like when I was so tired and felt like I couldn't get through more questions, I knew I had to, and I had to focus because the next day was moving on and I had to stay up with the girls so that we could help each other. So that was key to my success for sure, was having a really good group to support me. And then also, you know, it was really nice. And I think Marcus and I have been spoiled in that we have a spouse who gets what we're going through And so there's less frustration and there's only support and we can really kind of vent to each other and it feels good. And then again, kind of Marcus told me, I knew I, I saw him go through dedicated study and how intense that was. So I feel like I had a good expectation of what was coming.
2: Makes a lot of sense. Do you guys, did you guys happen to use the NBMEs towards the end of your dedicated or at any point during dedicated or did
3: did you not use those? Yeah, Definitely. I think Mm -hmm. they're. For me, anyway, pretty indicative of
1: step. Yeah, we took your result. Right. We planned so to take one it. a week. So we planned that master time commitment into the study plan. So we took one a week. So by the time we took the test, we had taken a total. We took two within like the normal coursework of school before dedicated. So by that time, we had taken seven practice tests between. So five NBME practice tests and then two, the two U-World practice tests.
3: Yeah, I just did it in Yeah. I didn't do the year-world ones.
1: So. Yeah.
2: Okay. And so, Marcus, you felt like they were helpful. Chelsea, did you feel the same way?
1: Yeah. I felt like, I mean, I think they're very helpful. There's a couple of them that I felt like were really hard, and they make your score go really low, and then you just get really depressed. But I think <laughs> they're very helpful in, because they'll show you your strengths, and so making sure you can kind of really focus on the, the systems you're consistently scoring low on. And then apart from that, and I think almost more importantly is they build your mental stamina for the test day.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's super important. Building your mental stamina as well as just kind of getting the timing of things. I feel like both of those for me,
3: like Chelsea's super fast at test taking. So, um, but I'm, I'm a slow test taker. And so if I, it was like essential for me to have the MBMEs, where I had it, the timing factor because that really can make all the difference for me.
2: Yeah. Totally. And, yeah. I think it's important for, for students to take those very seriously and do them as mm-hmm. if you were taking a real test and not just, you know, on the, I think there's an untimed mode if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah. In UWorld world, you can do that, but Don't. Yeah. Or
3: maybe if you are a fast test taker, that's something you can experiment with. But if you're struggling with time, like you don't want to do yourself the disservice of not not preparing for what that will be like.
1: I I always did it in the real time. And I think you should because you have to be mindful of your time on the real test day amidst all the stress and adrenaline. So you kind of have to learn how to be a good time manager. And then we always... I. We took our test on a Friday, and so we took our practice test on a Friday at the exact same time our real test was going to be. And we went to like a separate location from where we were doing all of our studying, and so we could really just focus and have no interruptions. And so we really did treat it like it was the test, and so I think that helped eliminate some of the anxiety going into the real test day because it just felt like another day that we'd already done five times in the past five weeks, you know. So that I think was helpful. You have to take them seriously and they are very indicative and very preparatory. And so I'd recommend, yeah, that everyone does them probably once a week during dedicated. It's worth it. Definitely worth it.
2: So you, you guys, did you guys both take one the week before your test? That was the final one you took? Uh Yeah.
1: Yeah. I didn't take one the week of.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think if you take it too close, it can almost be a little, I don't know, stressful. You know it kind of yeah. it kind of wears yeah, on your mind much more and, and, and do it that right. yeah, and it's like it's too late in the game. and then if you get a low score yeah. on it, it just like really flusters right. you and makes you nervous for the test. so
1: exactly, exactly. And then also just like mental break. You need like a mental break, so you're ready and motivated going into the real one,
2: yeah, well, wow, that's that's awesome, guys. It's really good advice. I just have one more question actually about you world. How did you guys you use UWorld specifically? Did you guys just do like random timed or random untimed? Or did you do specific subjects? Or how did
3: you tackle that? So I would, and it's been a longer for me since my <laughs> dedicated study, but I would bookend my days with UWorld. And the way I used it was doing a 30 question or 30 or 40, whatever would be like a block in the test, do that timed. And then I would go through it after that. That's how I use it in dedicated study. If I were, When I wasn't in dedicated study, I would use it just in tutor mode.
2: Mm-hmm. And, so and did you say that was thing. random?
3: Or were, were those specific
2: subjects every time, Marcus? Um, I did it random. Okay. And then, Chelsea, did you do the same thing or did you tackle it differently? Because uh, I was studying specific subjects each, each day, day
3: but wanted to keep yeah. bringing in stuff gradually through UWorld
1: right in yeah, the beginning
3: yeah. and end of the day
1: yeah when I was doing year old prior to dedicated I would do specific subjects just because I was purposely trying to review first year and the first right. half of second year material so I would do specific subjects in tutor mode because before and I too. yeah and Marcus did that too because we were just trying to review at that point but once I got into dedicated time I would do two blocks of 40 questions a day in timed mode, random, just to help simulate a real test and also work on timing. And then I think I found myself too, if I knew the subject I had chosen, I could use that as a crutch to get the right answer because I knew the area the answer should be within. And so I didn't feel like it was testing me as well as it would have otherwise. So I think during dedicated, it's worth it to do random.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's good advice. It's interesting how different people tackle you world and you know all the little intricacies of using different resources and whatnot. So it's really interesting. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's I mean and
3: there might be a better way
2: Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. If
1: there's a better way, you know, I don't know. I think I think ultimately you have to be honest with yourself and take everyone else's advice worth a grain of salt. And if you know what works for you, then just stick with that because that's the biggest battle of all of medical school is just learning how you learn.
0: Thank you. That's great. So before we depart, I just want to ask you, is there any advice you'd give to any medical students in their first and second years and thinking about step one, is there just like any, like just a golden nugget you just want to pass on that we didn't touch on? Uh,
3: I would just say, try to enjoy the, the learning opportunity. I know it's like super overwhelming, but it's still, you know, kind of a privilege to be there and, and learn it and really as quick as you can figure out what your learning style is and, and how that works for you, because that will that'll guide your organization and success going forward.
1: Yeah. Mine mine would be the same. You know, I've taught I've harped on it enough of learn the way you learn. And then also like really just try, we know it's overwhelming and it can be like suffocating with stress sometimes, but try to find a way one, how to cope with stress and then two, to really enjoy the journey. And for me, it always helped to remember why I went into medicine in the first place. I feel like sometimes that can get beaten out of you in the first two years, just due to all the studying and the stress and things you're working on. But I think if you can take a second to just remember why you went into medicine, and I think all of us can agree, we go into medicine because we want to help people and we want to be there for patients. And so I think if you can remember that, it'll help. And in our med school, they would do patient experiences where they would bring in patients to come talk to us. And those were always just reinvigorating because you hear these inspiring stories and you see these amazing people and you get reminded like, oh yeah this is stressful and this is hard, but it's also a massive privilege to be here. And so I think that is re-inspiring. Then everyone told this to me that the worst day of third year is better than the best day of second year. And I agree with that. So also know that it gets better as you go on. And once you get into third year, you'll see amazing people and you'll get to walk into strangers rooms and ask them questions and become part of their life. And just remembering that you're working hard those first two years to be able to do that and it'll be worth it. That's
2: great advice. Well, we appreciate you guys coming on here. Uh obviously, you know, uh step 1 is what it is. You guys <laughs> sounds like you did well. You had ups and downs, but ultimately, uh you both matched into your field of choice, you know. Marcus, yeah. you got into anesthesiology and Chelsea, you got into OBGYN. So,
1: congratulations, yeah. guys. We finally have jobs positive contributors (laughs) to society again
2: (laughs) yeah and you and you you know your your situation of you guys being going into the couples match and having tackled first and second year during different times and you know all that all that stuff that goes along with with being a married couple is, is super unique so we appreciate you sharing your story and and coming on and telling us your experiences it's been been really awesome to have you guys so yeah we appreciate
0: it thanks Thanks for having us, guys.
1: Yeah, thanks.
0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to go to our website at physio.com to check out our growing library of free Step One videos. You can also find our Physio group on Facebook to join our growing community of students preparing for Step One. If you've been enjoying the episodes and have been getting value from the content, here are three easy ways that you can support us. One, press the subscribe button on the platform you're listening to this on. Two, leave us a review. To do that, just go to physio.com slash podcast. Three, find your friends who are in medical school or interested in medical school and tell them about the podcast. Thanks for listening and join us next time.